So on Wednesday, a shooting took place at Bridgewater College in Virginia. And joining with me today is radio man manager of BC Voice, Isaac Miller. Thank you for joining me today. So we're just going to get right into some questions. Before I start, I would like to give my condolences to what happened. I really feel for you guys and what we just want to be there for you as students, as a community. So I just wanted to start off with that, first of all. Um, so I would like to ask, how has your school handled the media coverage with an event like this? Um, well, it's, it's been... It's been a little interesting uh, for us. I mean, we're obviously a very, very small campus. Um, we're not used to being in the spotlight. So it's been a bit of an adjustment period. Um, I know a lot of students, uh, especially on the day it occurred, were getting interviewed. And I'm sure that was something that was very odd for them. Um, but given our relative lack of experience with the whole dealing with the media, I think we've done pretty well with it. Um, I would also like to ask how um these students have handled the media coverage and what has bc voice done with covering the shooting um yeah i mean a lot of students i think uh weren't used to it um but at the same time it was i mean obviously this is a terrible situation but i think everybody found it a little little fascinating i guess you could say that we were receiving so much attention especially nationally um, but for BC Voice specifically, we actually, we were able to put out an editorial um, memorializing the two officers that were killed for the day after um, it happened, um, as well as uh, listing some resources that students could use to help um, work their emotions out, uh, given the situation. Mm -hmm. And um, as a student, how does this impact your student life and your student body? Well, it's made campus feel very eerie, especially in these last couple of days. Um, normally, places uh, that are big common areas like the dining hall, things of that nature are very loud. You know, you go in and it's bustling. Everybody's active and there's a lot going on. Um, but like last night, for example, uh, I went for my dinner and it was dead silent. It's it's a very it's it's almost spooky, really, how deeply everyone is just thrown off by what happened here. Um, and a, a lot of people went home as well, um, which is completely understandable, I think, um, to be able to see family, realizing that this event kind of highlighted how fragile life is, you know? So I think a lot of people took advantage of that to go and kind of build those, or not build connections, but kind of re reestablish them and kind of re-up on them. Maybe it's like a reconnect, kind of just seeing the people that you love, seeing comfort. And I, right. can totally, yeah. I can totally understand where you guys come from with that. And it just kind of like sits and I really feel for you guys. Um, so I would also like to get into um, some political point of views. So what do you think that the shooting, these events, it, what unfortunately is not just your campus, it's campuses all over the country. So what does this mean for the Second Amendment and the right to own firearms in this country? Right, well, I think it highlights, uh, obviously, I mean, it's the Second Amendment and gun cultures is pretty well entwined uh, with 
uh, a lot of a lot of folks culture, especially around here, this school's in a pretty rural area. So a lot of people take that type of thing very seriously. Um, but I think it highlights how we, there there needs to be reasonable limits to how we understand the Second Amendment. You know, um, this was something back when people can debate whether or not this, the Second Amendment even confers a right for private gun ownership. Um, but assuming it does, you know, back when this was established, the types of weapons we have now weren't even fathomable to the people who wrote these amendments into our constitution. And I think given what we know now, there certainly leaves an opening for the fact that we do need some restrictions to these things because there are certain weapons that really there's just not a reason for a private individual to own. There should be some limits because there's so many situations, unfortunately, where people are getting hurt and people are passing away due to these laws that don't have any structure to them and it's sad to hear every day not every day but so often that these happen and there's nothing really being done about it absolutely you know it's every time something like this occurs you hear over and over again never again we'll we can't allow this to continue we can't allow this to happen to anyone else and yet nothing is done and Mm. it happens to more and more people remember my high school I think it was around 2018 we had a whole campaign like you just said never never again and it's just it keeps happening it's just it worry it worries me worries you it worries all of us as students yeah older like we are younger as five six years old it worries like when is this going to stop when is there going right. to be and especially for our generation I mean this is something if, if you look back to like Columbine, that was something that occurred before I was born. Mm-hmm. So this is really, this has been a problem for as long as I've been alive and we've really never done anything about it. Yeah. It's sad too, because you think about what, what can we do? What can we change? And sometimes it just seems so out of our hands. Right. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, even even small steps can make a difference, but even those small steps really aren't being taken on a federal level. Yeah, I 100%. I 100%, I 100% agree with you. So I also wanted to ask how your college, Bridgewater College, have been helping their students recover. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think our, our school's done really well with that. Um, you know, not not long after it occurred, I remember it was, it was actually the same evening um, that the shooting occurred. We held a, um, our, our campus chaplain held a um, bit of like a memorial service uh, in the library. And it was fairly brief, um, not too heavy on a specific denomination, but it was it was still a really powerful event. Um, and they also they've been emphasizing all of the resources on campus for um, mental health help. Um, and they've also been hosting events throughout the week around campus where people can gather and kind of, you know, just reflect on what's happened or grieve together. At least they're being there for for you guys. It Absolutely. Just, yeah. Yeah. It just, it just shows that they really do care for you as students and even as faculty and staff as well. Um, now, we, now that we discuss what your college has been doing, um, what can other students, faculty, staff, what can they do for each other to be there for themselves and their peers? 
I think it's just, it's a matter of reaching out to people you know, people you maybe you haven't spoken to a whole lot, but are still important to your life. Um, because like I mentioned earlier, I mean, things like this really highlight how fragile our time here is. Mm-hmm. And they're really, when something's as senseless as this can occur, uh, somewhere as small as Bridgewater, where we never imagined something like this happening, it's, it's important not to take anything for granted. Um, and it's just, it's important to reach out to everyone and, and maintain your connections and, and let people know that they're, they're cared for. Yeah. And I would like to close this off by saying, is there anything that you would like to say to your, your peers, your staff, the people listening, or even BC Voices or anything that you would like to add? Um, yeah, I mean, this is obviously a, a tragedy um, for all of us here at Bridgewater. Even if we didn't know the officers too well personally, this is, it's unthinkable. Um, you know, I don't think this, this campus will never be the same after this, but at the same time, we, we can't allow such a random and senseless act to put us into a constant state of fear. You know, we still have to live our lives and we still can live our lives. Um, we just need to process these emotions first and, and remember those we've lost and continue on to honor their memory um, because ultimately that's what they would want is for us to continue to live to, live to the fullest. Yeah. When you said to process these emotions and I just thought processing them in a healthy way and processing them correctly with your peers, with everybody, and then moving towards the future and for always remembering them. That was very beautiful statement and it was thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate your time